You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. This is the Locked On Hornets podcast presented by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. Check us out on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Doug Branson, LOH. You can find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. Just me and Doug today. No Nada once again. It was an entire week thing for him. So hopefully we'll be back, all of us, to, uh, for next week on Monday. But it's just going to be me and Doug, and Doug back in my arena once again before we go back to the Gittimer.com studios. Doug, how are you doing? Good. Nada will come off the commissioner's exempt list soon. And uh, we look forward to his hot fire takes. We'll see if he's been rehabilitated. We'll see if he continues to go at well, Twitter. Well, no, we, I can assure you he has not. I've been around him all week. Uh, he ha- And he's had no – see, the problem is he's had nowhere to really get these takes off. So he's just <laughs> been spewing them at me in private. None of you get to hear this, unfortunately. I should just carry around a pocket recorder and put it on Patreon. Hey, there's an idea. Yeah, absolutely. That would be something that would be worth at least $2 rather than $1 <laughs> it takes to sign up for Patreon. Not a, at least doubling your money there. So some good news on the Charlotte Hornets front, at least coming into this night's tonight's game against the Denver Nuggets. Uh, it was no word on, or it looked like Marvin Williams was going to be gone for at least a week. It seemed like maybe a week, maybe even two weeks, but at least a week was the, was the igni- initial uh, diagnosis that he was going to be gone. But now Marvin Williams, he might play tonight. No official word if he's going to go tonight. But there is a promising feeling that Marvin will suit up and play against the Denver Nuggets in the Spectrum Center. And Doug, we've talked about it. I've talked about it. Bad defense against the Jazz, against the Pelicans, and against the Timberwolves, certainly in that fourth quarter. I don't know if Marvin helps you a whole lot against Minnesota because that was just Carl Anthony Towns taking over in the fourth. And I don't think Marvin stops anything. But Marvin, it, it certainly is going to help having a better defender out there. It's certainly going to help against Denver when you want to be as strong as you possibly can against a really good team. I will say I don't think that Marvin Williams would have necessarily made some of the mistakes that I saw Frank Kaminsky make on Carl Anthony Towns. And we've seen the Not Hornets, enough to win, I guess, was my point. That's that's fair. But but they do need bodies, I think. They, they just need – they need to be perfect to win, apparently. They need all of their players healthy to win, apparently. Uh, that's just going. That's how they it's have going to be to, perfect. Remember, I know that's what, they, they have to have everyone <laughs> available. To Borrego. They have to be perfect. I mean, that's a huge bar to hit, and they need everyone healthy. Yeah. So Marvin playing tonight. I hopefully he does. We don't know if he's going to play, but hopefully he does, and that certainly would help them going up against a really good Denver Nuggets team. And as we need them to be perfect. We need Kemba, maybe not to be perfect, but to put up some big numbers. And the guy just hasn't been doing that here lately. He's been struggling. We've talked about the slump that he's been in. We hope that he would break out of it against Minnesota. You thought maybe he would. 11 points in the first quarter. The guy's rolling. You think maybe this can continue throughout the course of the entire game. And just a couple of buckets after the 11-point outburst that he had to start that game. And he was not efficient from the field. Has not been efficient shooting behind the three-point line pretty much in this entire stretch. People have been looking 
looking at the last five games, you can really look at the last seven games, and the numbers have not been good for Kimba. It was right after those two crazy games that he had, 60 and 43, against the 76ers and against the Boston Celtics, and he's been struggling here. And you wonder, what does Kimba have to do to get the Hornets a win against the Nuggets tonight? I, I would imagine that you have to get at least 30. Like You need a big night from Kimba going up against a 17-7 and Devin, Denver Nuggets team that has really separated themselves from the pack out here recently. I was listening to the episode that you did yesterday, and it got me to thinking, I feel like Kimba Walker went through a similar stretch last season where he was extremely inefficient from the three-point line. Uh, percentages were down, but he was overall... You know, scoring at the same volume. And so I looked it up, and in fact, not only did he go through a similar stretch, it was around the same time. So if you go back to November 24th last year, uh, he shot uh, 2 of 11 from the field, and from that point until the end of the year, until uh, into probably mid-January, he only went over 40% from three, three times. But he was still scoring, you know, he has games of 29, 25, 30. Yeah. So his volume increased, but his efficiency was down. And I think, Walker, I, I was trying to confirm this right before we went to air, but I think he also, he was dealing with a hand thing. Like he was wearing a, a black hand cast, didn't talk a lot about it. It wasn't something that kept him out of games or anything. But he was kind of dealing with that last season. Uh, this season, there has been no indication that he's dealing with any injuries, but he is going through a similar slump. We asked Rick Bennell on the wake-up call a couple of days ago about Kimba's slump, and he said he looks gassed. And it was because of the lack of help that this is nothing new that we've had here in Charlotte the last couple of seasons. It's been all Kimba, and the fact that he's gassed has contributed to this little slump that he's been in after those two crazy games that he had against, again, Boston and Philadelphia. But now that you don't have that second scoring option that's up to par to at least get them wins. Like I've been so impressed with Jeremy Lamb, and I've said that a bunch on the podcast this week. I've been so impressed with him, but that's not a guy that can take over a game, at least right now. At least he hasn't shown us that he can take over a game when Kimba just doesn't have it going. And here's Rick Bennell on why Kimba is struggling in his eyes. I think he looks exhausted. I think he needs help. I don't think that that's been a... You know, been a secret. I mean, you know, when they made that call to the Wizards about Bradley Beal, and even if there was only a one percent chance of of them getting making any hay out of that, it you know, it, it was the right thing to do. I spoke to an advanced scout early this season, and he made an interesting point. He said, "Well, he goes, he goes. First of all, he said that he does because Borrego was leaning toward experience, and that was the right thing to do." He also said that, with the exception of Kemba. And to a lesser degree, Nick Batum, there really is, is very little difference in talent between who is starting on this team and who is a reserve on this team. So at the end of the day, who starts other than Kemba really doesn't matter all that much. And I think there's some truth to that. Well, that's an interesting point that he has after he says why Kimba is slumping because he is so exhausted, but also that we haven't had those guys really step up, and it's why everyone was so excited when the Beal rumors were out there. Those guys aren't on the market all that much. When you have somebody that's actually kind of playing to the value of his contract, it's not the stupid money that John Wall is getting, but Bradley Beal is getting a hefty price, but also he's giving you pretty much really close to the value of what you'd be paying him out there on the basketball court. And so when that guy comes available, everybody wants him because when you look at the rest of this roster, as Rick said, 
I would agree that there's not a huge separation between some of the guys that you have starting and some of the guys coming off the bench. I think Jeremy is starting to break away from that a little bit as being a consistent guy, but certainly not a huge separation. And and interesting to note that that little stretch that I talked about last season came after a 47-point effort in which he took 27 field goal attempts. So it's not a secret, like Rick said. It's also not new. I mean, he, he has been in this role uh, for several seasons now where he really has been the only legitimate offensive option. The thing that's changed from last season to this season is that he doesn't have a Dwight Howard type of possession eater. He doesn't even have that. I mean, there, there's no one to take the load off, and and it's only – I don't know if it's going to get any better as the season goes on. Three straight losses. It's the first time they've gone on a streak of three wins or three losses in a row. They have been sitting right around 500, and now they take just the slightest dip below it in this point. But if they continue to reel – and I wouldn't call it reeling. I wouldn't say that you have to have a, a hit a panic button anytime yet. But if this does continue, then I do wonder – what the macro approach of this is for the Charlotte Hornets. Like, at what point do you consider yourself a seller at the trade deadline right before the All-Star game? And how does that really affect your decision on whether you want to bring back Kemba or not? This is your fault, by the way. Why is this my fault? Because you pointed out that they had not had a streak winning or losing of greater than two. <laughs> I did put the jinx on them. Yeah. But it was it's crazy. Like, you looked at... What their record was, one and one, two and two. And I and bring back the buzz brought this to my attention, right? Like they had pointed that out just going back to the seven games, but you can go back to one and one, two and two, three and three. I thought that was just a stupid that's a quirkchen, right? If Tim Kirkchen was a basketball guy, that's one I would put in the quirkchen ca- category. I just thought it was weird. And now here to the Charlotte Hornets are now just a little bit below 500. But again, just getting back to the big point of what would it take? For the Hornets to be sellers? What would it take to consider legitimately bringing back a Kimball Walker and whether you even want to give him the max contract if he is an all-NBA player? Walker, let me tell you, Kimba is really good. <laughs> <laughs> you were smiling during that whole time I was talking, and I didn't know if I did something or if you... I didn't know what you had cooked up there, but I like it. It's a Friday. I had to bring out my Kirchin. <laughs> I love Tim Kirk. Chris Cody is the guy who does it so well on Dan Levitard, right? Way better. I was really just doing an no, impersonation I like it. That's of Chris, a solid, Chris that's, Cody. That's a solid impression. It. But what what has to happen before you're starting to really think, you know, what what do you think the the Hornets are are legitimately concerned about what they need to do with Kimba and the other guys? Well, I, I think if you yeah, if you are completely out of the playoff picture by the I'd say the end of January. I wouldn't even wait until But so but like completely out of the playoff picture in January. I mean, that seems like a huge drop off because it's certainly not an awful team. But you think? But it I would think take that's what that. that, that's, that's what, what it going, would take. That's what right. it's going to take because I think if there is any legitimate hope for this team to make the playoffs, then that is what they are going to pursue. I don't think that they are going to after you know doing everything that they've done up to this point right. to put a winner on the floor. I just don't think they're going to turn that train around easily. So nope. it's going to take something like that. It's going to take a a tremendous losing streak that completely eliminates. So we're them not. From the yeah, playoff. right. Uh, the point being, we're not even close there right now. And I don't I, think so. And I would agree that I'm just interested to see if, if this were to continue in a some major sort of injury. Fashion. Yeah, I think that is another factor that even if they weren't out of the playoff picture, but you know, a a Walker or a Batum or you know a Lamb were to go down for a significant time, because we know that this team really can't sustain that kind of loss. I think that too could 
could set the dominoes. The the whole conversation that we're having right now, though, Walker, illustrates that this team, as it's currently constructed, is extremely fragile. A hundred percent. I mean, we we just talked about there not being. Or Rick just made the point, and I somewhat agree that there's not a huge separation between your starters and your bench. Borrego is coming off of a game where he said. You need to have perfection. This is what we need to do. Like this, we need to be a perfect team if we're going to win basketball games. The coach from Remember the Titans, uh, I mean, perfection. <laughs> that what? Well, what is the line? Perfection. We will be perfect in every facet of the game. I. That's exactly what he's asking for. This is Coach Boone. It's Coach Boone asking for you to be perfect. And if you aren't, then you might just be losing any kind of hope for the playoffs, and then maybe even Kimba Walker. And Noah Kozlov of SiriusXM Radio and Watch Stadium uh, discussed Kimba's future and how it's not so clear that he doesn't think it's so clear that the Charlotte Hornets would be all in no matter what happens this season. If he ends up making All-NBA and he's got an option for a Supermax, are the Hornets going to offer him a Supermax? So I don't think it's all going to be like, all right, well, uh, the Hornets are going to offer him the money. Is Kimba going to take it? I don't, I, don't, I don't think that's clear cut. I think the Hornets are going to have a decision to make. And then Kemba's going to think, okay, so where am I going here? I mean, that's turning down the Supermax I've heard of. So I, so I, don't, I don't think it's just clear-cut one way or the other. I, I disagree with him. I disagree that he wouldn't, that the Hornets wouldn't just give him that contract. But Noah making the point that it's not clear-cut that the Hornets are just going to offer him that contract anyway, that it's so set in stone that I guess us and some other people surrounding the Hornets are discussing it like it is. Well, nothing is 100%, but I think this is pretty close because well, if, yeah. because if they didn't, it would be a complete reversal of every indication that we've gotten from the franchise that Kimball Walker is their player. No, I would agree. Okay. It would be a return to the old Hornets days it would of be... letting a star walk <laughs> as opposed to paying them. And, and this, this franchise has not operated that way no it would be weird it would certainly be weird with the things that at least we've seen from this organization in the early going is your company looking for a new way to reach customers your company could be mentioned right now on this podcast podcast listeners are 60 percent more likely to interact with sponsors they hear on their podcast our demographic is 98 percent males and more education and earning more than traditional media audiences sponsor the show that you love and share your message with other like-minded fans email info at lockedonhornets.com for more information. We'll be back after the break to preview the Denver Nuggets, a fun team to look at. Extremely good. 17 and 7 really separating themselves. We'll be back after the break to break down Denver. This is Locked on Hornets. 10, Al Jefferson. 9, Anthony Mason. 8, Gerald Wallach. 7, Baron Davis. 6, Del Curry. 5, Glenn Rice. 4, Muggsy Bogues. 3, Larry Johnson. 2, Alonzo Mourning. Nice. Number 1, top Charlotte Hornet of all time, Kimba Walker. Thank you, everybody. The list is done. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's the Locked on Hornets podcast on the Locked on Podcast Network. The Charlotte Hornets play the Denver Nuggets tonight. They're back at home after taking just a one-game road trip to Target Center to play the Minnesota Timberwolves. Again, it's going to be tough. Doug, not going to get any easier for them going up against Carl Anthony Towns on Wednesday night. Now going up against Nikola Jokic, who's having a very good season. Maybe the scoring is a little bit down for Nikola, but you look at his assists. 
almost at eight per game from the big man spot, which I don't know if we see anymore from that kind of player where he's a primarily a post-up player, but getting that many assists. I mean, they run their offense through him at times, and so and pretty much all the time. And having Nikola Jokic down there being that kind of a threat where he's got moves for days, he's able to hit from the outside, and not only offensively well-rounded as anybody, any big man in the game, but Doug, 538 came out with an article, and it's something we've, I think we even briefly mentioned the last time you were in here. But Nikola Jokic defensively has really improved, and he used to, he used to be a laughingstock on that end of the floor. But 538's article, it pinpoints that he has been very good, or at least way better, at defending the pick and roll, where people used to abuse him in that play. They used to kill the Denver Nuggets with the pick and roll. But now Nikola Jokic has come up a little higher on him and forced the guards to make faster decisions, forced them to make harder decisions, a big body, uh, way, kind of blocking the view on whether he wants to pass it or not. And by the time the guard's able to figure it out, Nikola Jokic is back. Even with his unathletic body, he is able to get back to his defender after the hedge. And so now Jokic, not only is he fantastic on the offensive end, but defensively he's made some real strides this year. Yeah, Jokic, the rare NBA star in this pace and space era, that is able to influence the offense, make the offense better without scoring. I mean, it is tremendous to watch him play and to watch him really facilitate everything that they do offensively. And then, yeah, on the on the defensive end, it's interesting, right? Because they haven't changed their roster at all, and that's what the the thesis of that five thirty eight article that that we can link in the show notes, I'm sure, so everybody can take a look. But they've done it without bringing in, you know, some some big defensive threat. Uh, they've done it by making small adjustments and getting buy-in. We hear this over and over from NBA players and coaches that defense, so much of defense is buy-in, is effort. And you know, there are schemes and there are things and tactics that you need to know. But ultimately, and we saw it with Malik Monk against the Minnesota Timberwolves, like he looked like a completely different defensive player. And it's because he was challenged and because his minutes were taken away. And he actually put up a fight against Derrick Rose, who's turned in all of a sudden to one of the better offensive players in the league. So that's what they're getting in. And they had, you know, Denver has a guy in Michael Malone who he's a defensive minded coach and he's had to go through two or three seasons with them where they were just absolutely terrible on defense. And I'm sure it was shameful for him to to go through that. And But, you know, kudos to Denver for being patient with Malone, unlike that dysfunctional franchise on the West Coast, the, the Sacramento Kings. But they were patient with Michael Malone and let him you know, put his system in. And the Hornets are going to have to do the same thing, tying it all back together, because I don't know what you know major roster adjustments they can do this season or even next season. They're going to have to find a way to play defense. You know, Borrego keeps calling it a work in progress. Eventually, it has to work. Denver has done such a phenomenal job of building this team as well. I mean, they have they've hit on pretty much every single thing that they've tried, right? In all the different ways that you can improve your team. They've done it through drafting late by getting a Monte Morris who I am in love with. I loved him at Iowa State. Uh, when he was having the an insane assist-to-turnover ratio, the guy made having a good assist-to-turnover ratio cool in college. And he's doing that here again as the 51st. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, but... he did. Oh, oh Doug, okay. if you watch yourself some Cyclone basketball, he absolutely did. But he was he was All the ladies, up, all the ladies were talking about hey, assist-to-turnover chicks ratio. dig the assist-to-turnover ratio. <laughs> and when Ubonte Morris was doing that in college basketball, here he is. Over six assists to turnover ratio is what he has right now. Playing Yowza. 24 minutes. I mean, it's insane 
the kind the, the ability that he has to take care of the basketball but also not be so scared where he just holds on to it and that's why he's not turning it over I mean he's making smart passes everywhere he goes and he's actually uh, pretty efficient with the basketball as well and and you pulled up his shot chart before we came on the podcast and he's shooting from all over the place as well Kendrick Lamar, Kanye, Drake, they're all falling over themselves trying to get assist-to-turnover ratio into one of their raps. I don't. <laughs> one of their – no, bars, bars. I'm sorry, bars. That's what I meant. That's what I meant to say. I meant to say bars, not looking. raps. No one calls them raps, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nobody does that. And yeah, Monte Morris is, is a hot commodity. You know, like how I, start, I started very confident and cool there, and it all fell apart when I had to really – Well, I had an eyebrow raised the entire time. <laughs> I didn't feel confident that that was gonna that you were gonna stick the landing on that one, and sure enough, I became right on that. Enough Monte Morris talk. It's not just Monte Morris, but you get Nikola Jokic, who's a star in free agency. You go out and get Paul Millsap, who's a veteran but still has some good basketball left. They've done and Jamal Murray, a top five pick in the NBA draft. So they hit on a lot of different areas that you can improve your team, whether it's the easy way of having a top five pick, not the easy way, but certainly an easier way, hitting on a free agent, you know, hitting later in the draft. You know, Juan Hernan Gomez, brother of Billy Hernan Gomez, averaging 26 minutes per game, averaging close to 10 points per game, shooting high from beyond the arc and shooting well from the field. So you have so many guys that are helping contribute, not to mention Will Barton, who was very good for them the last couple of seasons. Will Barton hasn't even played except for the first two games of the year, and that might be their leading scorer when he comes back. So when he comes back, I mean, I, I wonder what the ceiling is for this team. It's going to take a lot of effort for the Hornets to try to get this dub. Juan and Billy aren't twins, are they? I have no clue. No, I think one's older. I think Billy's older. All right, we can't pull the switcheroo. No, you can't. No, we can't. <laughs> just All have right, a, just checking. A, a sister-sister action. How many twins do you know that have actually pulled that off? Because I do know a set of twins that actually switched places and did different didn't schedules the Morris, and class. Didn't the Morris twins oh, well, do they something? Oh, they look so alike. That's yeah, unreal. I thought, I thought they did something at a practice maybe at a, at a Kansas practice or something. I feel like there was a story. There might the be. Twins. I don't know. But they look. They even have the same tattoos. That That's the closest bond among twins I think that I know of. I mean, those guys, remember when he was traded, I forget who it was, but it was Markeith who was traded from the Suns first. When he was traded, Marcus was up in arms and demanded a trade himself because he was so pissed off that they traded his twin brother. And crazy bond that those two guys have. Not the Hernan Gomez's, though. I don't know. I would like switcheroo. that one. Yeah, I would like to pull the switcheroo. But the Denver Nuggets, I'd... They're, they've been very good. Gary Harris has been a guy that's actually taken a step up here, averaging 17 points per game close to it. So it's going to be tough for them to try to get this win here tonight. But hopefully Kimball Walker can go back to the Kimball Walker that we saw earlier in the season and continue to continue to put up some points that are, I mean, it's gonna, hopefully that uh, they can get some help from their star player. Just one more thing on the Hornets defense because I did bother to do some research for the show and I did look up this this stat. They are bottom 10 in the league in allowing wide open three-pointers. So I, I believe that's four to six feet away from the closest They've been defender. awful this year at it too. And wide, yeah. yeah, I think they're bottom five in, in wide open three-pointers allowed. And teams are hitting them against the Hornets too. And this, again, this is two years running. This isn't a Borrego thing. It, it, Clifford struggled with this as well. Like, it's strange. Like, what is the what's the answer going to be? Well, you know, when when will the Hornets be able to stop teams from taking so many three point shots? And and like the Denver Nuggets, finding the answer within their roster to better themselves defensively 
Is that something that's possible for the Hornets? Can you get better defensively with just kind of the effort? And I think the answer is yes to that. Oh, I think the Denver Nuggets sort of highlight that it is possible, but it will require buy-in not only from you know Malik Monk, but also I think you know Marvin Williams has been been slow to close out at times. Frank Kaminsky, Nick Batum. I mean, it's and Kimba Walker as well. I mean, it's 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 a this is a whole team problem. This is not one or two players that 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 are tanking your defense. This is a, a full team problem, and they they have to get it figured out if they want to. Uh, get things turned around. Shout out to the Gittimer.com studios in Uptown Charlotte. If you're in sales and need help, visit Gittimer.com today to learn how they can help you do the one thing you want to do, and that's make more sales. Kevin Durant continuing to jaw at the fans for a second time. Got fined the first time. Got Did not get fined this time, but he cleaned up his language a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about what Kevin Durant's comments are throughout the NBA, even discussing LeBron James and how hard it is to play with him as well. So stick around. We'll go around the NBA here on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. This is Locked On Hornets. And just that I showed any kind of vulnerability, well, you, yeah, you I just, think not is just going to jump You are the over. gazelle limping <laughs> through the African <laughs> safari. I'm in the mud. Yeah. I'm in I'm in some sticky yeah, mud. You are the hippo stuck in the mud. <laughs> yes, yes. And I'm about to just get destroyed by Nas. Or by Nas. <laughs> by Nas. By Nas. <laughs> He's going to come out with me a rap battle. <laughs> it's time for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast. Welcome back to the Locked On Hornets podcast. Walker Mail, Doug Branson. No, not Edwards, but he'll be back with us next week. Got a couple games this weekend for the Charlotte Hornets, but we'll go around the NBA. Kevin Durant in the news again. Not only for discussing things to the fans once again. The first time he said something to a fan, he got fined. I believe it was 25 k Did it get up? I, I feel like it was 25 k But he got fined for cursing at a fan to shut the bleep up and watch the bleeping game. And so he got fined for that, appropriately so. In fact, he was doing a podcast with Chris Haynes of Yahoo Sports, and Chris Haynes read the fine to Kevin on air as Chris was breaking that news as Kevin was on the pod with him, which I thought was pretty cool. But he does it again. So Kevin Durant now coming back at a fan. Well, I want to get into that before we get to the LeBron James comments that he has. But Doug, Kevin Durant going at it again. I mean, what's up with this guy? I like it. I mean, I love it. I, I think that the the fans, I've been on record about this many times. I think the fans, the courtside fans who heckle, I mean, we had a famous one in Purple Shirt Purple Guy. Purple Shirt Guy. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't even Excuse cough. Me. I call that guy out by name. <laughs> Purple S Guy. <laughs> but I don't like it. I don't like when fans try to insert themselves into the entertainment. No, You don't do that in, in other forms of entertainment, right? Like you, nobody stands up in the middle of a theatrical performance and and makes it about them. It's like you go, you've paid your money, but you've all, but everybody else also paid their money, and they didn't pay to watch you interact with Dwayne Wade. They didn't pay you. They didn't pay for the ticket to watch you interact with Kevin Durant. So I agree. Like watch the game and and shut up. Like don't interact with the players. Interact with each other. You know, talk to each other. Great. That's fine. Have a great time. You can have a great time without going up against one of these. You know. And amazing so, basketball players. right like i drawing the line where you're just bashing the players on the court like the, the line is so 
I still, you know, it still finds me to try to distract him during free throws, right? Like, I don't, I don't have any problem with that. Trying to do anything you can to a certain extent of distracting the guys during free throws, maybe even a little heckling. But when it goes too far, I mean, it's an easy line to draw. It's, it's easy to know when you've gone too far, when you're yelling things out about somebody's family or when you're trying to get in their face, especially kind of any kind of physical altercation if they dive for a loose ball in the stands, then it gets to be a problem. But I think there needs to be some kind of line. And I, I'm with you for the most part i mean once it once you i feel like it's pretty easy to say okay that was too far that's not okay now you need to just shut up and watch the game well because if you're doing something with the reasonable expectation that you will draw a reaction then you've crossed the line and people you know they forget that these are human beings like they're they're human beings yeah they're going to react like it's 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 just it's impossible to expect them with some of the things that are that are occurring down at courtside, to expect a Kevin Durant or Dwayne Wade to 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 not react and respond. Yeah, I 100% agree. And so now, when you look at Kevin Durant, he did have some other comments, though. He did have some comments about LeBron James, and he basically discussed that it's hard to play with LeBron, saying that if the players if they are not winning as a team, then the players not named LeBron are going to get the blame. But if they are winning as a team, then LeBron is going to get all the praise. And he used the word toxic, which was interesting to me. Like, I understand that that is probably going to be the case. But if you're another star, for instance, I don't think anybody was was anybody was criticizing Kyrie Irving when the Cavaliers would lose. I feel like Kyrie Irving left because he wanted to be the alpha dog, but Kyrie Irving wasn't getting criticized when they lost. J.R. Smith is getting criticized when they lost because he forgot the score of the game. Tristan Thompson can't shoot from outside five feet, so he gets criticized. Jordan Clarkson can't go 0 for 11 or else you get criticized. But and, and I understand the praise a little bit to that extent, but saying it's toxic, like toxic means to me that there are some severe chemistry issues, that LeBron is a cancer within that locker room. And I just feel like toxic was a very misleading word. And even with a point where I can somewhat understand what he's saying to some degree, but it feels like this is just Kevin Durant making himself out to be a villain again and asking as and, and trying to portray the fact that LeBron is extremely hard to play with. I'm just not going to buy that a whole lot. Yeah, he's begging people. Again, he, he wants to be loved, yeah. Yet he wants to play this villain role like he is stuck between these these two worlds but I'm with you toxic to me means that there's something that's happening in the locker room that is preventing them from winning basketball games and you know, I mean LeBron made you know a ton of finals like they, they've won championships like I don't think that that's the case at all and you just wonder like is he maybe he's projecting a little bit and and referencing some former teammates that he's had that could have, you know, fit that same mold. Like, look, I, I don't think I don't think it's I don't think it's false to say that stars don't want to play with LeBron. I think we've had evidence of that. Now, Kyrie wants to be the alpha. Certain dog. stars. Certain. Well, a decent amount, right? Like, may, yes, of course, there's not going to be a hundred percent to the rule of anything. But I mean, Paul George decided to stay with OKC. I don't know if that's because he didn't want to play with LeBron. But he decided to stay with OKC, so the allure of playing with LeBron wasn't strong enough to get him out of Oklahoma City. Kawhi Leonard has made it known that he does not want to play with LeBron James. I mean, that has been something he said. In fact, so much where the Clippers are more on the radar more than the Lakers are because LeBron James is playing with the Lakers as it stands right now. And so we have some evidence of guys. Remember Chris Bosh? Chris Bosh told Kevin, Lan- Kevin Love, it's going to be the hardest thing you ever do is to play basketball alongside LeBron James. I I think there is some substance to that argument, but to say that it's toxic to 
to give that kind of moniker on that situation, that's that's weird to me. You know what I didn't like when he started bringing up sort of the the media, the media fanboys oh, that, that surround right. LeBron James and maybe and maybe other stars. It's like Kevin, it's okay to be liked. You know, like it's okay for people. He was. It was. It's to a, like it, you. It's an amazing one hundred and eighty degree turn. And Kevin Durant could do no wrong. He's fresh off of the you're the real MVP speech. Everybody loved Kevin Durant. He was like the lovable guy in a small market team where he was amazing. Everybody loved Kevin Durant. And then he goes to Golden State and people criticize him for it. And Kevin Durant can't take it. At least it doesn't seem like he can take it. And now it seems like there are some real issues there. So now Kevin Durant having this problem, like this is it's such a weird dynamic that he has exhibited here ever since he went to Golden State. All right, that'll do it for the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you on Monday after the weekend.